0: California, here we come, right back to where we started from, California, California, here we come, welcome Pew Report readers,
1: listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, energized by lcs i am john ledger from ComputerReport.com. with me today is scott reynolds also from computer to preview the bucks rams week three showdown in what could be scott we're not saying is but what could be the matchup of the best two teams in the nfc slash nfl is that crazy to say
2: john i think that's the case so far right i mean I think both of these teams are undefeated. It's only week three, so they're both 2-0, but still, I think right now when you look at at the, the NFC West, it's going to be a dogfight out there, a lot of good teams. And you know what? The, the NFC South might be a bit of a dogfight too with these Carolina Panthers kind of uh, playing a little bit beyond their years. I thought the Panthers would be good maybe next year, but so far Sam Donald has proven to be Better than I expected. We'll see how, if he can keep up that pace. But, yeah, I think right now it's fair to say this could be a preview of coming attractions out in L.A., right? Yeah. Uh, the, the NFC Championship game, maybe. We saw the, the Bucks square off against the Packers last year in Week 5. They ended up battling out again in the playoffs. And I think that mm-hmm. could be the case in early season matchup, Bucks rams and we could see it again in the playoffs. And, you know, John, the Bucs might have to get used to playing out in L.A. because that's where the Super Bowl is this year, so why not?
1: Yeah, I am a little bit – I don't think it's crazy to say that these are the best two teams in the NFL, right now at least. Yeah. Now, we've seen the Chiefs do this before. Start the season horrible on defense. It's like, how is this defense going to win a Super Bowl? Yeah. Then they get to the end of the line. doesn't matter. Right now, the Bills are sputtering a little bit. The Packers, right of themselves, a little bit against the Lions. I still have plenty of question marks. I think the Lions the eight, are one of the worst teams in the league. I have – It's crazy to think John Gruden's
2: uh, Las Vegas Raiders are 2 0, and they beat two quality teams right out of the gate, too. So
1: I have questions there, too, Scott, but no no doubt, no doubt it's a good start for sure. It is hard to tell. I mean, I I wrote this on Twitter today. There are four teams that I think fully will be 3 0. I mean, they have four of the easiest opponents this week in their matchups, and that is the Raiders. The Broncos, the Panthers, and the Cardinals. I right. do not think any of those four teams would be playoff teams. Yeah. I still don't think I'm still not convinced that will be three and zero is a great start toward getting yourself in the playoffs. If you look at statistics oh, yeah. over the years, and so there's a lot of teams moving in that direction. The way things look after week three in terms of standings is not going to last. I don't think, at least not in terms of the top teams. Doesn't mean those teams won't still be good. But no way in the world am I convinced that Raiders Broncos are on Chiefs level. But I digress. We go back to Rams and Bucks. I do think Scott, this could be. This is clearly a matchup of two top five teams in the NFL. It could. You could make an argument. It's the best two teams right now.
2: That's true. You know what else you can make an argument for, John? You can make an argument for fast bars. Listen, oh, this this is you're talking about some of the best tasting mm. protein bars out there on the market. Um, they they, they come in two flavors, right? You can see them there on the screen. They come in white chocolate, cookies and cream, and salted caramel peanut crunch. Both of these are my favorite. I don't have like – this is like a 1A, 1B kind of situation here because both of them taste good, decadent, silky smooth layers of flavor and it's quality nutrition without compromising the flavor. I think that's the important thing here is I've had plenty of, of energy bars, or not energy bars, protein bars, that that are, uh, quite frankly, disgusting. They don't taste good. These taste amazing. And these are the kind of protein bars that you want to, to help power you throughout the day, give you the protein that you need. And uh, they've got a, a great promotion going on right now. Our friends over at Fast and Celsius, you can get these fast protein bars through the 30th through the end of this month for 20% off and the promo code is 20 start fast and so we're going to have that in the the YouTube description below you can click on that it's going to take you over to Amazon where you can save 20% on the fast protein bars and uh, it's it's really a fantastic
1: tasting yeah, that's um, the the key that that's protein. what I can't believe is how good they are. And I do I love the salted caramel peanut crunch. Uh, my wife obviously does too, since we run out of those ones first every time. Yeah. But yeah, they, that's it's what a great the, the grab taste and go being, snack for yeah. kids too. Like I got a and bunch it's healthy, of high good for you. Yeah, yeah. not often that you can get that kind of nutrition without sacrificing or compromising on taste either. So yeah, sub them in for your sweets. To be honest, if you're in a, yes. if you got a sweet tooth like <laughs> I do, sub them in there and Me you'll too. be happy you did. I think. All right, this matchup, Scott, is one we're going to look at from top to bottom. The Rams offense, the Bucks' offense, the Rams defense, the Bucks' defense. Lots of great matchups on the individual level, on the team level, on the coaching level especially. But first, got to talk about those players who right now are out for Tampa Bay or, or questionable for Sunday or out of practice right now. Today, Antonio Brown was placed on the COVID-19 list um and kevin Minter is already on that list uh backup uh, linebacker special teams captain for the yeah and john from the practice squad is also on so guys on that list we'll talk about antonio brown in a second here um and what it's going to take for those guys to come back but also jason pierre paul not practicing today with a shoulder injury and Jaden nickens with a hip injury not practicing so those guys' status right now, at least uh, up in the air, I think we'd all be surprised if Pierre Paul didn't play, given the fact that <laughs> right. he pretty much plays <laughs> through injury every single week. Uh, yeah. As for Antonio Brown, the COVID situation, because Brown, like all the Buccaneers, is vaccinated, his situation is that he needs to remain asymptomatic and get two negative tests in 24 hours. So that's the requirement for him to play on Sunday. Um and we'll see if that happens. Obviously, Arian said today it would be kind of gravy for them. It is Wednesday, so it doesn't leave as big a window. Minter was placed on list on Monday. So right. maybe he pulls it off by Sunday's game. We'll see. But that's what they would need from Antonio Brown uh, by Sunday if he can't go, Scott. And right now no. we're operating in the assumption that he probably won't play.
2: Right. And you know what? If he doesn't play, they're going to need a big game from Mike Evans and a big game mm-hmm. from Chris Godwin. Uh, those two guys are really going to have to step up. And, and also Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller will, will get extended action. Tyler Johnson as well if, if AB is out. But, um, you know, the, it's so frustrating, right, because the Buccaneers, they did achieve 100%. Um, you know, I, I think everybody in the world is frustrated with COVID, right, for one reason or another. The, <laughs> the, the bad thing about this is, well, first of all, it could be, you know, a false positive test, right, um, because we've seen that across the board, yeah, uh, and and so there is maybe some hope that that it, it is a false positive, and that's why they retest these these guys to to make sure that it's not a, a false positive. But then also too with the with the vaccine, uh, it's a situation where uh, the symptoms are are usually lessened, and let's hope for Ab's sake and for Kevin Minter's as well that they are asymptomatic and that that they can cross these hurdles with some uh, some negative tests later this week. So um it's it's frustrating right to, to be 100% vaccinated and then still see guys pop up on the covid list and we've seen around the league John some mm-hmm. players actually miss games because of this too so yeah. you know, th- we're not in a foolproof society and that's 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 the real downer about this is is you try to do everything right and and get this team 100% and at the end you know because nothing's perfect in this world mm. um it's it's not a perfect situation, yeah, We do Especially have some of these guys that, that can't uh, can't
1: go. Yeah, especially if he's asymptomatic. I just that would be just so frustrating. I feel like as oh, a yeah. player, if you're like feel completely yeah. fine and can't go, even though you're vaccinated in this situation. Right. So we we'll,
2: listen. I've said it before. I've been in the, in the Bucks locker room for 25 years. I have seen guys play in previous years before sick. COVID. Sick. I mean, sick as a dog. Like, like fever chills uh everything and they still go out there on ball on Sundays and Hmm. and and you know you might have as as Bruce Arians has said before guys have the sniffles but yet they're not allowed to play because of a test so I think Arians said let's not test them anymore and I'm (laughs) at this point (laughs) I'm in agreement with that because yeah it's just gotten to be where it's ridiculous
1: Yeah. Then you the hope is with Antonio Brown now is that because of that vaccine, that this may be a short lived thing. And so we'll see how that proceeds. William Butler with the $5 super chat. William, very much appreciate the super chat. Yeah. He says, how ready is Tyler Johnson and or Jalen Darden due to the drops in the preseason and training camp from Darden lack of playing time for Tyler Johnson. I mean, I think Tyler Johnson's definitely ready. Scotty Miller's ready. I don't know whether Jalen Darden's ready or not, but in terms of being, actually like prepared and knowing the I mean Tyler Johnson's had plenty of time Scotty Miller's had plenty of time both super talented guys both bring something to the table the Bucks have the deepest wide receiver core in the league in my opinion um so if there was a player they were in position to be able to lose and be okay it's definitely Antonio Brown now he's still a beast so it's still a big it's still a loss for sure against one of your toughest opponents that you'll face all season I mean you have two top corners with the Rams and Darius Williams and uh, J- Jalen Ramsey, so now it gets a little bit easier for them, and that number three guy isn't quite as dynamic um, as it, yes, he was before. So right. this is uh, this leads me kind of into the most fascinating. I've changed my mind, Scott. Ali Marpet. Let's look at the Bucks offense, Rams defense first. Ali Marpet yeah. versus Aaron Donald is no longer my top matchup for this game, although obviously it's very deserving. But what happens with Jalen Ramsey, because we are so used to corners playing outside against Mike Evans, the top corner normally plays outside for every team. They normally play against Mike Evans. And that's normally just kind of how things roll. But that's not really been what Jalen Ramsey's done under Raheem Morris in this defense. He has played in the slot way more than he's played outside over the first two games of the year. Obviously, Chris Godwin plays in the slot more and Evans plays played outside almost all for the majority of his snaps. Anyway, he still right. sees some time inside, but the majority is outside. Is this kind of going to be the first time we see? I mean, have we ever seen Chris Godwin draw the number one corner in a matchup where Mike Evans was also active? Because hardly no number one corners play in the slot except for Jalen Ramsey the last two games.
2: Yeah, and it's it's interesting how it, and we'll find out Sunday how how Raheem Morris and the Rams plan to match up against Chris Godwin and Mike Evans last year in Brandon Staley's Rams defense, which is different than than what they're going to play under Raheem Morris. You saw Jalen Ramsey really stick to to Mike Evans. Matter of fact, Evans had five catches in that game for 49 yards. He did have a touchdown and I believe that came when he was in the slot against Troy Hill, but those other four catches were against Ramsey. And Ramsey actually did a very good job of, of kind of keeping Evans in check. Four catches, 40 yards uh, on seven targets. That's, you know, I think that's probably a win statistically for Ramsey, especially given the fact that you look at the Rams receivers, how they went off against the Bucks DBs, uh, you know, four catches, 40 yards, is nothing compared to what the Rams number one and two receivers, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup have done. I mean, we're talking about in, in two years. 2019,
1: hilarious,
2: yeah, hilarious
1: 20, levels of production
0: against the Bucks.
2: 2019 and 2020. Everyone wants to talk about Cooper Cup's numbers, right? I mean, and let's let's do that. 20 catches, 266 yards in a touchdown. It's actually been more explosive for Robert Woods. 25 catches, 294 yards in a touchdown, and that's just I in mean, two games, folks. That that's that's almost what uh, 12 catches, 150 yards per game. And uh, and both those guys are, are are tough to beat. But back to your point, it will be interesting to see where Ramsey lines up. And and I I think that just like with Rob Gronkowski, what the Rams have done over the first two weeks, whether it's been uh, Cole Met in Week One against the Bears or uh, Jack Doyle with the Colts uh, last week. They're going to use a myriad of players to match up against Rob Gronkowski. It's not just one guy. They use safeties, corners, or I should say, uh, nickels, linebackers, and I think you're going to see some mix and match coverage uh, against that too. And I think that at the same time, you're going to see Byron Leftwich, John, try to counter that and and move Mike Evans around. You're going to see Mike in the slot sometimes. You're going to mm-hmm. see him out, you know, as a flanker, and you might even see Mike at some split end. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting chess match between Byron Leftwich, the former quarterback of Raheem Morris
1: when Raheem Morris was the head coach for the Buccaneers back in 2009. Yeah. There's so many subplots to this one including the fact that Matt Stafford has like barely played against the Bucs like he's been True. inactive 2 years ago and then yeah. last year was knocked out of the game on the first drive and so there's a lot to talk about there too but let's focus on the Bucs offense here just for a second because this this is to me is where if the bucks can't don't shoot themselves in the foot, I still think they can have success here. I have tons of question marks about the defense, but I feel like the one thing the bucks have to focus on here is the fact that turnovers and penalties are killing them on offense. Yes. Pretty similar to the beginning of last year, not like as much just from the quarterback, but more from other players, obviously, but, this is what's killing the Bucks early in the season once again. Remember, they had all the penalties. They got out of the Chicago game. They were like, no more. And then they cut it down. They right. still finished, I think, 10th in the NFL in penalties, but it was a huge decrease from the rate that they were on, which was just crushing the rest of the league. Uh, this year, they're 31st in the NFL in penalties with 20. Uh, 22 total flags against him. 20 have actually been called penalties. That's yep. that's second uh, worst in the NFL <laughs> so far this year. So obviously not what you want and on the other side of things. The Rams have six penalties all year called, and that's second best in the NFL. So this, there's two teams – the Rams are almost always really, really good in this area under McVay. I mean, last year I think they were third in the NFL. Yeah, they're very disciplined penalties, team. right? Very disciplined team. They don't make many mistakes. They're very technically clean. They have a complicated offense that they run with extreme detail. And sometimes, if there's a knock on the box offensively, it's the the details being lacking. You know, the focus lacking right. a little bit for players and execution at times. That has to be on the Rams level, I think, if they're going to win this game because I don't think they have the better defense. And they do have the more talented offense, but that only matters if that offense is operating at the its peak talent level. And right now, they're scoring forty percent of their drives are ending in scores. That's not good enough. That's good even across the league. It's not good enough when you're facing a team in the Rams. Again, I mentioned execution staying away from mistakes they're scoring touchdowns they're scoring on 58% of their drives the best mark yeah. in the NFL so the bucks have to get on that level they have had way too many scoring opportunities slip away from them they won right. those games because they were so much far, far and superior the better superior and superior team yeah, they, they've out-talented but their first now that's, two yeah. opponents and, and right and 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 now
2: it's going to be a more of a an even match in some respects, not across the board, but in some respects, they're certainly a more formidable foe. I think we can agree on that. And When you look at at the Buccaneers, it's kind of crazy because they've scored more touchdowns and more points than any other team in the league. So they're doing a lot right. They've even scored two defensive touchdowns, which I believe is, is uh, the most in the league as well. But uh, they're also hurting themselves. And that's why you've heard the refrain from the players and from Arians over the past two weeks saying, we can play a lot better. We're yeah. doing a lot of things well. We're two and zero, and and we have scored a bunch of points. And and uh, and what I like to see, John, is the red zone production, the touchdowns rather than field goals. That's been key in both of these wins. But they're also saying we can do so much better in in the areas you're mentioning, the the turnovers and and the penalties. If if they can cut that out of the game, and they really have to to win, they're they're mm-hmm. not going to be able to lose the turnover battle. Or have a lopsided penalty situation where it's nine or ten flags for the Bucks and four for the Rams. They're just—they're not going to win uh, playing that—that that sloppy type of football. They got to clean it up because if they do, then this should be um, their third win in a row this season.
1: Right. I think that's the thing. They are capable of fixing enough things to beat the Rams, but they just haven't played like that so far this season. And we saw a lot of instances last year where they didn't play like that. It's very hit or miss, whether they were that type of team. (laughs) Obviously, in the playoffs, they excelled at it, you know. And so it was, oh, finally we're able to beat the best teams on our schedule. Where in the regular season, they really weren't able to match up with those teams, not because they weren't as talented or more talented, but because they didn't execute on a level that would say, oh, we can beat. A team like this, who's very talented, not as talented maybe, but much better right. at executing what they want to do. So this is a big test for the Bucks, in my opinion. In that way, and it really goes a lot on the running backs. Like these have been the guys more than anyone who have derailed the Bucks' offense at times this year, over and over again, and now, who've we, gotten them off the field
2: when they shouldn't. When you say running backs,
1: who are you referring to? No, oh, I'm referring to two guys, not one guy, as we have sometimes oh. on the show. I'm referring to two guys. Leonard and Ronald. Leonard. Both of these dudes. Yeah. Did Both you, of these dudes can share some blame.
2: Did you happen to say
0: Leonard? Leonard. What are you doing? What are you Leonard? doing? Leonard? Leonard. On Sunday, Leonard was almost the GOAT, and I don't mean the greatest of all time. He made this mistake, Scott. He caught a pass from Brady. He's fine. Just get upfield, Leonard. Don't run North laterally. North-south. Protect south. the ball? No, oh. Leonard.
1: What oh. are you doing,
0: Leonard? God. Oh, my
1: goodness, Leonard. But but don't worry because Leonard was not to be outdone. Ronald Jones came in the next drive after Leonard fumbled because the coaches said, Leonard, you got to hold on to that rock. Wait. He dropped the pass for a pick in week one. We're not going to put up about, with it anymore.
2: Are you talking
0: about Ronald oh! Ronald, what are you what doing? What are you doing, doing Ronald? Uh, Ronald. Oh, my, here we go. Inexplicably on first and ten, Ronald Jones catches a pass in the put flat. Put the shoulder down. You're the, get the first down right Put the, sh- right? Uh, no! put the shoulder down. What go are against you the doing, quarterback? Ronald? The next play, okay. he's got the, the hole right Hit in front hole. of
2: Hit him. Oh, what? Run it again. Whee! Run it again. You had not only Tyler Johnson, but Chris Godwin going through the hole oh. as two lead blockers, and you bounce it outside Why? And that's Ronald? not even it.
0: That's not even it. Four plays later in pass protection. What oh. are you doing, Ronald? You're in year four. How are you still you doing it. this to us? Oh. Come on, Ronald. Oh, man. Unbelievable.
1: Jeez. So here you have it. You have Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, and you have Giovanni Bernard sitting on the bench, taking it all in, watching it, watching it happen, being like, "Hey, I've been one of the best pass protecting backs (laughs) for the last eight years of my career. Can I get in, Coach? Yeah. No, sit there, sit there, Gio, until we're down in the fourth quarter of a game. If that ever happens this season, that's when you can get it. Come on, (laughs) come on.
2: Yeah, I listen. Tired of it. I'm, I'm just going to have to ask Bruce. I will, maybe not ask, maybe call Bruce out and just say, when you say that Giovanni Bernard is our third down back, right? That's his words. Uh, He's our third down back and our two-minute back. He's actually not because you only play him half the time on third down. Leonard Fournette has seen half of the snaps on third down in the first game and the second game this season. So that's not exactly truthful. So
1: Right. And I know some of those have been third and shorts, but and maybe right. that's not when you want go on the field. But still, it's just crazy on a second and twenty or in a first and twenty. Giovanni Bernard can't be on the field. You know you're going to pass, like you know you're going to pass all three downs. Like, right? Put him on the field, and so you don't put him on the field, and then you have uh, Ronald Jones out there, and he derails things. So this feels crazy to say, Scott, but I really think the running back situation for Tampa Bay. It's not that it's not good. Peyton Barber was not a good running back, right? Correct. Like objectively. Yeah just not a good running back. Yes. Ronald these guys Jones are talented. Barely superior. Yes. Right. Yeah. These guys are talented. Ronald Jones I ran
2: just, for five yards of carry last year. He almost had a thousand
1: yards. He's not a bad running back. It, it, I neither, just think they're going to screw neither it up. Neither is playoff Lenny.
0: But That's yes, the thing.
1: It's, the it's not that like on a down-to-down basis, these guys are like the worst two running backs in the league at all. It's just that I really think they're like secret agents trying to destroy this team from within at the most inopportune moment. And so far, Brady has overcome them, but now it's a better team. He's overcome them for 22 games, (laughs) but now (laughs) it's a better team. And so I do think Leonard Fournette needs to play more. I know I was going into the season. I was like, give Ronald one more last chance. And I still think that was the right call. He's clearly proven not to be up for it. This um, right here. Greg said any smart DC should send the house and in the game. And, and I and think they want to. And that's the and they do. And I think that's that's one of the
2: frustrating things about Bruce Arians and why he's playing Ronald Jones less because it's not just about well get him, you know, get him in there on first and second downs. When when Ronald Jones comes in the game, defenses we're seeing them adjust to what he's doing. They're blitzing. They're either they're they're either flat out blitzing and and making um you know, whether it's a run blitz and Brady has to check out of that to get into a passing play Well, then then they're still kind of hamstrung John, because okay, if you're bringing safeties or linebackers up or whatever to, to stop a run play and Brady checks out of that, what's he going to do He's going to check to a passing play. Then you've got Rojo right where you want him. If you're a defensive coordinator, now you're forcing him to pass protect or go out to the flat and catch the ball. If he doesn't turn the wrong way, like he did on, on one of those snaps there. So yeah, I think I think that's part of the frustration with Bruce Arians, Byron Lefwich, and probably Todd McNair too, is that with, with Ronald Jones not excelling as a as, as a member of this offense who can function in the passing game, either as a pass protector or an outlet receiver, um, it's really limiting the opportunities that he has. And you're seeing, I don't care what Bruce Arians says. He trusts Leonard Fournette way more than he does Ronald Jones and that's why he can start whoever he wants when you start a guy it's only the first play of the game that's it who cares Mm -hmm. both of those guys John played about an equal amount of snaps but they trust Leonard Fournette with the ball in his hands which is why he has twice as many touches through the air and on carries
1: yeah for sure and I think that that's going to continue at this point I don't I just think that in year four you you're just get to the point with Ronald Jones where you're like enough, like I can't do it anymore. Like this is it is what it is at this point, and we got to go with safer options. Which is why Giovanni Bernard could play a little bit more, and maybe that helps the Bucks' offense in this game. We'll see. Indeed, but you know I know what? Just- no, no, you're you're onto something there, John. And the thing
2: is, is we've seen Bruce Arians be stubborn before, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go back to 2019. Peyton Barber was the starter, okay, mm-hmm. and Ronald Jones really proved halfway through the season that he was the better back, like clearly the better running back. Mm. And and even though Peyton Barber got the starts, Ronald Jones would end up with more yards and more, more touches because he was the hotter hand. Mm. But it wasn't until later in the season that Bruce Arians finally relented and said, okay, well, Ronald Jones is our starter. But like a month before that, we already knew that he was kind of the starter just based upon – the, the opportunity. So I I, I think that there is some stubbornness happening now, but I think as the weeks roll on, you're going to see more and more Giovanni Bernard by default. And then I think they're going to go back and look at it and say, we probably should have been playing this guy a little bit more than we did the first two weeks, three weeks of the mm-hmm. season.
1: Maybe. I hope that happens because he can play. And it's not like these guys are blowing it away at running back. You know, that's what always gets me. Like yeah. I don't think Giovanni Bernard some 1,000-yard rusher. I've never oh, been correct. under that yeah. impression. But it's not like these other guys are blowing the doors off it either. Like, right. just Give him a chance to play and, and he'll play, but we've beaten this to death a little bit. I still think we're hundred percent right. And it deserves to be talked about, but that <laughs> yes. I think is honestly a big question going into this game. Scott is because these guys couldn't can derail your offense and they've done it before for, for a while. So, Uh, Yeah, they've got to stay away from those guys and get the ball and get touches to other to guys in your team who are more talented. You know, here's where I think Bruce is just absolutely full of it. I don't even think he's serious, and I don't know why he says it because he is a pretty honest coach, Scott. But what? Why is he come out saying you have to? We got to establish the run in this game, and that they're going to try to establish the run. He said the Rams are going to try to establish the run, Scott. That just shows to me i've even looked at numbers at all like if in the meetings between these two teams I mean, todd bulls has been the bucks defensive coordinator the rams have handed the ball off to running backs yeah 26 times in those two meetings they didn't they have, even try in 2019 no
0: they didn't have thrown try. the football 121 times i mean almost a 100 more passes than runs because
1: sean mcveigh unlike most offensive minds around the league is not an idiot he right. won't run the ball into the number one run defense yeah. over and over and over and over again and expect right. to have enough opportunity to win a football game.
2: Especially when you've got the 30th ranked pass defense right there, right in front of you, right? It's it's like standing right in right. the middle of the road and, and you're you're the Rams driving a, a big semi-MAC truck,
0: yeah. right? It's like and,
2: and now, run them over. Just That's what you do. You don't have right. to veer off course and try to do something elaborate like Establish the run against Vita Vea and Levante David and yeah. Devin White. No, that doesn't make sense. The yeah. way to beat this team is to do what you've done the past two years: is successfully throw the football and and make them do that. And, and listen, I I love Todd Bowles as defensive coordinator. I th- I thought we saw a lot of growth and change from him last year. And remember, Bowles spent four years as a head coach of the New York Jets, but he was not the play caller, not the defensive coordinator. He really had two years of play calling experience in Arizona that got him the head coaching job with the Jets. Casey Rogers was the defensive coordinator for the Jets, now the Bucks' defensive line coach. But John, when you factor in the two years that he had as the defensive coordinator under Arians here in Tampa, this is year three. He's really only been a play caller. This is his fifth year. I think he's still learning and growing and evolving. But we didn't see a lot of change from the 2019 Rams attack and the 2020 Rams attack, they were they were both successful. Maybe the points were a little bit different, 27 points last year compared to 40 the year before, although the, the Rams got to pick six on Jameis Winston. But my point is, yeah. is we really didn't see the adjustments from Todd Bowles against the Rams from 2019 to 2020 like we saw last year against Kansas City in Week 12 and then against Kansas City in – Super Bowl fifty-five, right? Yeah. You saw radically different game plans there. It'll be interesting to see if the third time's the charm for Bowls if you can really come out with something different to slow down this Rams offense and get their point production down. Because I, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I just think that mm-hmm. the McVay and I like to what you said in the, in the Peter Report roundtable. We asked which Bucks or which Rams player should worry the Bucks the most, and you said.
1: You cheated, John. Nope. You said the coach. <laughs> <I did cheat. laughs> you said Sean McBay. And I agree with you. I think that's a hell of a bit. Yeah, it's because schematically he clearly knows how to beat this defense. And if Jared Goff doesn't turn it over six times, we watched it. We know yeah, yes, the Bucks did do a good job in 2019 of putting pressure on him. They didn't really in 2020, to be honest. Um, you know, he he really made two unforced errors kind of at the end of that game that Actually, gave the Bucks a chance in a game where I felt like they didn't have anything going on really on offense or defense, to be honest. Those yeah. the most of the night. I don't really feel like, and Bulls has said this himself, even after the 55 40 win in 2020, that he didn't feel like that was even close to one of the Bucks' defense's best games. Right. And then they followed it up with an even worse one the next year against Sean McVay. So this is very much a Andy Reid and Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes just torched you, you know, embarrassed you, Sean Payton and Drew Brees and, and whatever you want to call it, the Saints passing attack last year, just embarrassed you, you know, what are you going to do about it? And, in the time and the next time, you know what I mean? The, what, yeah. what is your plan? What is your strategy going to be? And he had answers for those two guys when it counted. Will he have an answer for McVay? I don't know. It's going to take doing something he doesn't typically do because McVeigh's rolled up 67 points and almost a thousand yards, a thousand yards in two meetings against Todd Bowles. It has been yep. without resistance other than Jared Goff's six turnovers. Right. And I, I think
2: that the good thing for Bowles and this Bucks defense is they saw a little bit of that blueprint, in the Cowboys game, very similar style of attack where the Cowboys didn't really challenge the Bucks vertically down the field. They did it more horizontally with quick screens and quick outs to get the ball uh, out of Dak Prescott's hands quickly. Remember, the Bucks only had one sack in that game in week one. That was Shaq Barrett. But similar type of approach, I think you're going to see the Rams. Mm. But the difference is, is with Jared Goff. Uh, out of the picture now and in in Detroit, you've got a quarterback with a much more strong, accurate arm that can send the ball down the field. Another storyline is Deshaun Jackson, former Buccaneer, mm. is with the Rams now. He's not gotten a lot of playing time. I think he only mm. has two or three catches to start the season. Sean McVay came out and said, i got to find ways to get Deshaun Jackson more involved. I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see Jackson on some wide receiver screens. I think you're going to see Jackson go vertically, Against the Buccaneers uh, and try to really split the safeties or take either Carlton Davis or Jamel Dean for a ride. I I, I believe that that if I'm Bulls, I want Dean, the fastest corner on Jackson. But stop and goes have been a problem, right? Because we've mm-hmm. seen Jamel Dean sometimes look at the quarterback and then all of a sudden that receiver, you know, is if you're even, you're leaving, and we've seen that before with Carlton Davis. We've seen that. While Carlton is, is great, he's a physical corner. Sometimes, John, when, you, when you're matched up against a very small, thin re- receiver that has some quickness, if you don't get that initial jam, if you're not physical with yep. them, um, and sometimes those smaller guys, they're, they're a harder target to hit because they're not big. Uh, we, we saw Tyreek Hill you know, take uh, Carlton Davis uh, for a couple touchdowns mm-hmm. and, and a lot of yards uh, in, in that Kansas City game in Week 12. You might want to match Deshaun Jackson up against Carlton Davis if you're Sean McVay to really kind of get that mismatch because as fast as Carlton Davis is, he's not Deshaun Jackson fast.
1: It's hard to plan for the Rams. It really is because – they can run the football. They just, they know that that's not the way to efficient offense is by running the football a ton. So they don't do it, but they can do it and they can do it effectively enough to still get in good down and distance situations. Right. They also have a great screen game and a great motion game. And so you're always looking where Tyler Higgins is. They can too. use him a lot of ways. Yeah. The, they, they boot the they quarterback boot out and the hell out of right. that. And in the, the, and tons too, of play action. So yes. it's tough for the linebackers to, to win in this matchup. It, it is. And, and the, one of the, the more difficult things,
2: uh, and, and even even, gosh, even at the pop corner level, that's one of the things that, that we had to really worry about with, with quarterbacks, um, maybe not scramblers, right? Matthew Stafford nor Jared, Jared Goff were scrambling quarterbacks, but they they were mobile enough to make plays outside of the pocket by buying some time off play action with those bootlegs, allow the receivers to get downfield, and, and they, would, they would scramble horizontally down the line of scrimmage, not mm-hmm. for yards, but to get outside the pocket and make a play. And that's where you, whether you're you know, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Joe Tryon, Shoinka, or, or uh, Anthony Nelson, whoever is setting the edge, you really can't follow that, that play-action fake down the line and bite on that. You really have got to, to to stay and look and see if it's actually a run play. Then if it is, then you can collapse that hole and, and work down the line of scrimmage. But um, if, if you don't see the ball – in the running back's basket, in his hands, you've got to stay on the quarterback, and you've got to get straight up the field and really set that edge. The, the beauty of of some of those those bootlegs is if you if you don't bite on the fake, that quarterback. Remember, when it's a boot, he's got a, his back is turned to the defense. You can add that intersection point where it can be an easy sack or an easy pressure. You know, if if you just play what you're supposed to play, which is setting the edge and make sure that
1: that quarterback boot doesn't get outside the pocket, right? Hey, if you wanna, you know, put down a little money maybe on these uh, stat lines for uh, some of these players, you know, you can go on over to Underdog Fantasy if you're talking about these stat lines. You can go on over to Underdog Fantasy and you can play the pick'em games over there. Underdog on Underdog, you can select over or under on player stat lines. You can get a pick two correct. And you can triple your money. If you get a pick five correct, you can win 20 times the amount of money you enter with. It's simple. All you got to do is go to underdogfantasy.com or download their app, sign up with the code pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and build a pick slip in in seconds. And they're going to give you a free $10 when you sign up. So you don't even have to spend your own money right away. While you I love that. free money.
2: That's great. That's
1: right. You just make put, put some money in. You don't have to spend it. You can withdraw it if you want eventually. But you put some money in and they give you the free $10 to play. Uh, and their first $10 that you use is, is theirs that they've given you. So download the Underdog Fantasy app. Sign up with that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and get your free $10 today with Underdog Fantasy. So somebody said, I saw somebody in the chat. I can't find the comment. Oh, yeah, Horace, here we go. Horace says, so can we beat them and how? This is a good question, Horace. This is also a tough question because we've seen so little of Stafford in a competent system. Despite how long he's played in the NFL, we are feeling we're really realizing things about him kind of for the first time because he doesn't have to be a hero, right, all the time. And so ordinarily, I would say, Put pressure on Matt Stafford, he'll make a mistake eventually. He'll force a throw somewhere where he shouldn't because he is a very aggressive passer. I don't know whether that's going to happen in LA or not, but I would still try to pressure him as much as you can. I don't'm saying zero blitz them all game. Um the Rams will destroy that, but I think, yeah, you're looking for some five-man pressures. More than anything, you're looking for how to get more creative with four-man pressures. Are you using your best defensive players a lot of the time? Because right now the Bucks are not i kind of get that in certain matchups i get that you want to preserve people but this is a matchup where i think if you want to win you got to use your best guys a lot i mean aaron donald's playing most of the game and i think vea needs to play a little bit more maybe in these matchups i also think that you need to play joe Tryon and He's yeah. clear watching him that he is ready for this he is i told you this the other day scott i know i'll probably get bashed for it but I don't think it's crazy to say he's already their best edge pass rusher. I know he's not the all-around player Jason Pierre-Paul and Jack Baradar. I'm not saying bench those guys right. so he can start one-on-one as a pass rusher. He brings tools to the table that those two guys don't have, and he's already way more advanced than most rookies in terms of skill right. because he took that year off and it's all he did. I guess. <laughs> <That's> like <right. laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable to watch. He has all these yeah. moves he never showed in college, and so. I just wonder if playing him more is the opportunity. You're, you're doing fine with a four man rush. Yes, they have two sacks, but anybody who's watched the All 22 or the tape afterward knows they're getting plenty of pressure. It hasn't translated to sacks. It needs to. Jason Pierre-Paul has not been winning one on one enough. Shaq Barrett has won. Vita Vea has yep. won. Even Will Golston and Sue have had a few wins. JPP needs to win more. That means you need to find him better matchups. The Rams, dare them. If they want to spread the field and throw the football, dare them to run against you instead of being the other way around. Bulls is always daring people to pass against them by stopping the run. Flip it like you did against the Chiefs. That's how you win this game, I think. Flip it like you did against the Chiefs. Play Jason Pierre-Paul as a three technique like you did against the Chiefs at times. Use that best four pass rushers you have. Get after Matt Stafford, and I think that gives you a chance to slow down this offense enough. But the real way, Scott, and I'll let you go here, the real way – Score, ball, score a lot of points on offense. Yeah. That's the real one. Don't shoot yourself in the foot and score a
2: lot of points. That's right. Yeah, I mean, if the Bucs get over 30 points, history shows, I mean, nine straight weeks dating back to last year, that they win the game. This might be the game, though, where they're going to have to score 40 because I think the Rams might score in the 30s. I just don't trust the Bucks secondary right now, from what I've seen, to be able to slow down uh, – this, this passing attack, uh, we saw Matt Ryan pass for 300 yards and a couple scores last week, and he does not have the weapons. Calvin Ridley is a, a good player. Pitts is an emerging player. Cordell, uh, Cordero Patterson is a fine player, but it's, it's not the collection of weapons that, that the Rams have, which I think mm. is, is bigger and more vast in terms of, it's not just two or three guys. It's, it's a whole bunch of guys, Tyler Higby, uh, the tight end, uh, you know, you got uh, Darrell Henderson, the running back, who can catch the ball, and he's an effective runner. So there's a lot for Todd Bowles to worry about this game. I, I think the biggest thing is, and I'm I'm still miffed as a defensive-minded guy, defensive line guy, that the Bucks only have two sacks. Sacks are not the end-all, be-all statistic. But you saw last week, right? I mean, Matt Ryan is not a mobile quarterback. He escaped pressure a couple times. Devin White had a clear shot on him. He just sidestepped. White uh, on a play. Um, there are a couple times where where the Bucks were winning the one on ones, but they just weren't bringing Matt Ryan down. There's going to be a lot of plays in this game, John. A lot where the ball is going to be gone before a defensive lineman beats their one on one because that's just how this Rams offense is going to attack. They're going to attack horizontally, smoke routes, wide receiver screens, tight end screens, etc. It's a very quick passing game that is not going to give you the opportunity to get a lot of sacks. However, Sean McVay is going to want to have Matt Stafford show off that arm and hit some bigger plays off bootlegs or even out of the pocket, just taking some shots downfield. When those plays happen, those are the plays where the Bucks front seven, whoever's coming has got to win the one-on-one and they've got to get Stafford on the ground. Mm -hmm. If they don't do that, it could be a very long day. In other words, when you have the shot, you got to take it, and you got to get Stafford on the ground. You can't afford to have Stafford be like Matt Ryan last week where he only gets sacked one time. But if you go back and look at the film, there's probably an opportunity for five sacks in that game, John, but they blew four of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You don't want to have that happen at the end of this game. You do need to get more pressure. You do need to have a few more sacks. You need to create negative plays early in the game defensively. That's how you beat a team with a really good offense, forcing right. them into a couple mistakes. Stafford will make mistakes. There's not many knocks on Stafford, in my opinion. I've been very high on him. I feel very much like Bruce Arians does, that he's one yeah. of the most overlooked players in the league because of the team that he's been on and how incompetent that Lions franchise was for years. But I do think that there are ways to beat them. There are paths to this thing that you can can accomplish. On the flip side, though, I really think it comes back to the Bucs offense has to be really, really good. They have to be all that they can be. They cannot leave opportunities on the field like they have the last two games. This is a Rams defense that now take these stats with a grain of salt. They've played the Bears offense with Andy Dalton and the Colts with whatever Carson Wentz is right now. And neither of those offenses throw the ball down the field that much. Both of them are kind of
2: glass.
1: Yeah. Like I don't really know. Yeah. I don't know exactly how much stock to put in this year, but they have allowed right now, three 20 plus yard pass plays. That's tied for third best in the NFL, Mm -hmm. one 40 plus yard pass play, Uh, 6.4 yards per attempt. That's tied for the fifth best mark in the NFL. The bucks are actually as much as they've been shredded through the air. And you mentioned it. It's really because teams throw at them more than any other team gets thrown at in the league. That's so it's a volume thing. More than anything for the Bucks, they're yeah, they're actually it, welcoming that. It,
2: exactly, and and the great thing about the Buccaneers, even though it's the soft zone defense that frustrates a lot of fans watching at home, because it's they're allowing these these catches to be made. They're not really contesting a lot of them. That's why you don't see a lot of pass breakups yet by the Buccaneers. And as, aside from you know from from uh, Shaq Barrett's uh, inter- well, let's face it,
0: yeah. out of
2: the three interceptions last week, two of those came on tipped passes at the line of scrimmage. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not even that the cornerbacks down the field are making plays on the ball. Even even Carlton Davis's interception in week one versus the Cowboys came on a pass that really hit CeeDee Lamb right in the hands. It just deflected up and Carlton Davis got it. Yeah. But you're you're not seeing a lot of interceptions. You're not seeing a lot of plays made on the ball, but that's kind of by design. And the reason for that is is because Todd Bowles doesn't want to give up the big play. He wants right. to take his chances with you having to march down the field and kind of nickel and dime in the longest play the Bucks have given up this year, John, is 31 yards through the air. Now, that may change on Sunday, but mm-hmm. the way that this defense is playing with their safeties back, uh, they are allowing the catches to be made underneath, and they're rallying, and I think doing a pretty reasonable job of tackling. It's not been perfect. We saw some missed tackles. Really, Devin White kind of struggled in coverage last week. But for the most part, I I, I, I understand what they're doing. On defense, they just want to give up the big play, the the quick strike, because they know on the other side of the ball, and maybe this this might end up being one of their downfalls. But Tom Brady wears the Superman cape. They know on the other side of the ball, if they can force uh, a ten play drive and a field goal, that Brady and the Bucks on offense, they're going to get a touchdown, and they'll trade touchdowns and field goals all all
1: game long. Yeah, I mean, there's so many the whole. How the Bucks want to play defensively. I think last year when these two teams met, the Bucks want to play defensively in a way that they say throw the ball underneath. We'll tackle the catch. We'll rally the football. We have great team speed. We have great speed in the middle of the field. We have great tacklers in the middle of the field. Spend a right. lot of money in the middle of the field. Obviously, yes. that's where we want you to go with the ball, and we'll clean yep. up stuff. And then eventually but, we'll get pressure. Eventually we'll get a turnover.
0: But that Rams. hasn't been the
1: case at all, Scott. To be yep. honest, the Rams. This was the same match last year. It was like, well. The Bucs are want to play this way, but here they are giving up. They're their one of the worst yak defenses in the league in terms of yards allowed going into last yeah. year's matchup. They got better after the Rams game. I'm pretty sure they were the worst going into that game, and they're the worst right now going into this game. 374 yards after the catch, Scott. Most yeah. in the NFL. 374 in two games have come after the catch. Think yeah. About the Ralph Patterson catching up with Calvin Ridley's the Cal Pitts catch and run the other day, where Devin White obliterated Levante David instead of making the tackle. Like <laughs> That's right. It's you're right. Levante David has been a big trans. Or sorry, uh, Devin White has been a big transgressor in this area, allowing a lot of this yak. But even Jordan White it, who's a great tackler, he missed a tackle right. the other day, and that is something that I know you're saying it's not that big of a deal, but not that big of a thing right now, but I actually I might disagree with you here and say that I think one of the biggest you know, things the Bucs have to improve is tackling. If they don't uh, well, tackle well, they will not beat the Rams.
2: I, I agree, but but all those plays that you mentioned, where where most of those come, they've come on the outside, right? Where where um, you know you don't have uh, even five guys on the ball. You, you typically have got two. You've got if it's a wide receiver screen or even that screen to Cordero, Cordero Patterson, uh, half of the defense is on the other side of the field. So I think what what I'm saying is the Bucks want you to kind of throw underneath and in front of them in the middle of the field. It's it's those plays like like the Kyle Pitts where he, where he you know got free in coverage from Devin White. Devin White blew the coverage and that play it was 24-yard catch and run same thing with Patterson and we saw that with the Cowboys too. Is they want to attack the, the hashes? They want to attack the sidelines. Mm-hmm. They want to go horizontally, get guys out in space, have a blocker, and make all of the Buccaneers' defense run from one side of the field to the other. And and so far, that's worked. And we'll see if if the Rams continue that attack. I I think that's how they're gonna. I, I think they're gonna look at what the Cowboys did and said we can do that, and we can probably do it better.
1: Right. And the other interesting wrinkle in this game is going to be blitzes. How you do each team de- deploy them? The Rams do like to blitz. Nobody likes to blitz as much as Bulls do. Bulls is like blowing away the rest of the NFL right now in blitzes. Right. He's 18 more blitzes. I think that's defined yeah. as more and, than four rushes. Zero sacks
2: from those blitzers. Now, the, the good yeah. thing is, 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 again, sometimes it's not all about sacks because you saw on that second pick six, Carlton Davis and Mike Edwards were blitzing. That was a very aggressive call you bring in the the, the nickel and the corner from opposite right. sides. Carlton Davis batted the ball up. Both those guys, those defensive backs, were in the backfield. That's where Mike Edwards caught the ball in the backfield and took it in
1: for for six. So I, mm-hmm. where I, there's good pressure rates, sacks tend to follow eventually. Right. I think the Bucks are coming. That's coming yes, for the Bucks. In I, I week agree. Week one and week one, Dak was the. The th- had the third highest time to throw of any quarterback in the league. And in week two, Matt Ryan was sixth highest. I think they're facing quarterbacks who understand well, I've got to get the ball out right away. There's a lot right. there in the short passing game. I do think sacks will come for the bucks. Steve pass rush. I'm not overreacting, but I am saying play Joe try, and try and more. If you'd like sacks to come easier, right? Because he's good. <laughs>
2: yes. He's really I good. Like, I agree.
1: I am. <laughs> <laughs> and stop using him as this like hybrid slot corner. He's dropped into coverage almost as much as he's pass
0: rushing right I agree. Now. Like,
1: goodness gracious, I can't handle watching that uh, over and over and over again. Even if he is good in space, I don't think it always right. helps as much as it should. The other aspect is this third down thing that everybody's kind of. The Bucks aren't very good on third down right now. Thirty nine percent on offense. They've got to be better on third down. Not saying they don't have to be better on third down. I I, I can get behind that a little bit. Three of their third down conversions that have failed have become draw have been because of drops. If those three passes are caught, they are in they are the fourth best third down team in the NFL, which is a reminder that we're dealing with extremely small sample sizes. They hardly have any third downs this year. That's what I'm most excited about they are not getting into third down situations. They are winning first and second down and not even needing third down. That's a great point, John.
2: You're exactly right. And that's really something that the Buccaneers have done a very good job of really since that Vikings game coming out of the bye week they've done a much better job. And I think that was part of the reason for, for this 30 point explosion that we've seen now for what, nine straight games dating back to the Falcons game, which was after the Vikings game, that would be week 15 of last year. So, you're right. If you want to cure your ills from third down, they don't even get to third down, right? Keep the chains moving with big mm-hmm. plays on first and second down. And and I think that's that's really efficient football when you do that.
1: Right. Absolutely right. And and Michael Anderson's right. Second, way too early to establish a trend, especially on a small sample size of the plays, like third downs and stuff. If it were drastically horrible on one right. end or the other, maybe you'd have a concern. But the Bucks are really just like middle of the road right now and yeah. should be one of the best teams in third down. And if they stop dropping passes on third down, they will be one of the best teams. So sure. I'm not necessarily worried about it. They are one of the best on first and second down right, right now. That has to continue and a big part of it. Is play action passing. It's why they've been as You're successful right. in those situations. And then would, keep doing that. Aaron Donald's not teeing off every play. Yeah,
2: exactly. And you know the, the thing too is like Chris Godwin, right? I mean, he's one of those guys that had a drop on third down, right? Uncharacteristic. Yeah. But what I love about Godwin is is he's
1: got two if, of them this year.
2: Yeah, but if, if he has a gaff, you know he's going to make up for it mm-hmm. with another play. Yeah. And I mean that yeah. that touchdown that he had. Uh, in the the fourth quarter was was dynamic. It was a beautiful play, uh, right, right in the corner. I mean, he's elevating for that ball. Brady put it where only he could get it, and you know the, the, that's what I like about Chris Godwin is he's absolute money. And you know what else is money, John? My bookie. Mm, I my, see what you did there. And my bookie got a lot of my money last week because my I was say, sucked.
1: <laughs> were they were they money they were for awful. you last week? <laughs> I'm
2: I'm all ready to fire myself as my own personal better. Uh, But listen, my bookie won't let you down. Uh, Listening to me and and my my bets, that will let you down. Don't do that. Don't listen to me. But uh, enjoy all the action at at my bookie. Winning season has started off hot, even though Scott Reynolds is not. But my bookie is continuing to crank up the heat with a $50,000 survivor contest, whether you're a new or existing customer. If you've made any deposit with my bookie, you'll earn a free entry into the $50,000 survivor contest absolutely free to play. All you have to do is pick one winner a week to keep your streak alive and have a shot at the grand prize. Start off strong with the Ravens pick against the, the Lions, who haven't beaten Baltimore since Lamar Jackson was in second grade, or ride a hungry Steelers squad looking to get back in the historical dominance over the Bengals. John, is that going to happen this week? Are they going to do it? buddy? Are Steelers going to do not- it?
1: <laughs> Listen, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet any money on a Steelers victory at any point, I think, the rest of the year to be honest.
2: Hey, like, either way, it's simple to play this contest, John, and win. If you, Even if you don't have a ton of betting experience, which is why I, w- I always choose MyBookie for NFL contests, head over to MyBookie.he now, get in on the competition, use the promo code Pewter to receive double your first deposit and get instant access to the $50,000 survivor pool. Again, that promo code is Pewter to instantly double your first deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.
1: Awesome stuff for bookie as it always is. All right, Scott, we look at with some of the general topics in this game, but there's also these individual matchups that fascinate me. You mentioned Robert Wood's stat line. You mentioned Cooper Cup's stat, stat line. How about one that might make Bucs fans feel a little bit better? This is totally bizarre. I'm not saying I expect it to continue, but Matt Stafford. Right. has been knocked out of the last game against Todd Bowles in the first drive of the game Inactive the game before that against Todd Bowles. Right. So I said, Hmm, let's go back and let's see when Todd Bowles was defensive. I know he wasn't the play caller per se, like you said, but he was definitely the defensive mind and architect and had a lot of input with the jets is when he was head right. coach. And so what's, what did he do against them? Well, I only played him one time when Todd Bowles was with the jets, but he threw four picks, one touchdown and he got destroyed. It was one of the worst losses of his career. Probably. So, okay, let's go back to when he was with the Cardinals, Todd Bowles. Let's see what he did then. Stafford, two pretty unimpressive stat lines. I won't read all the details. He lost both games. Obviously, Arizona was good. The Jets were not. So that made that game really interesting. Bowles actually got fired later that year. The Lions obviously have not been good for a long time. So that caveat needs to be in there. The supporting cast matters. But for whatever reason, and obviously the offense is a big part of it, Stafford hasn't played well against – he's 0-3 against Todd Bowles as either a defensive coordinator or a head coach. And you, if you count – I mean, there's two games, obviously, where he barely even played. You can't count those. I don't know if numbers statistically would count them, but teams Stafford has been on, or 0-5 against teams Bowles has been on, even though Stafford's okay. barely played in the last two. Lots I'll of caveats, lots of, lots of asterisks. I thought it was interestingly enough to that – Bucs yeah. fans a little bit of hope. Also, well, you mentioned, I think, Aaron Donald, yeah. no sacks in his last Correct. four meetings against the Bucs. And Ali no Martin didn't even
2: play last year. You had right. Ryan Jensen playing left guard. AQ Shipley was in there at center. Unfortunately, that was AQ Shipley's uh, final game as as he injured his yeah, neck. Ver- right at
1: the very last play of the great game, I think he injured. His, yeah. yeah. Second but, to last, something like but, that.
2: Ali Marpet did a very good job on Aaron Donald back in 2019. Ellis and Aaron Donald, you're going to see him move all over the place. He's not going to just play exclusively against left guard Ali Marpet. But in the Rams scheme, which is very much like like Todd Bowles, it's a 3-4 scheme, you still have that that three-technique position that Donald plays, which is he will more often than not line up, I I should say, home base for Aaron Donald in this defense is typically – on the right side of the defensive side, going up against the left guard in in that B gap, playing a, a shade technique. So I, I think that you're going to see this matchup a lot. But you know, John, when I was looking at at the Colts versus versus the Rams, you saw Aaron Donald, that left defensive end, right defensive end, going up against uh, the the I should say the right guard sometimes. So even though that. A massive uh, buildup between Quentin Nelson and Aaron Donald, that matchup did take place. It was not exclusive. Just like we're not going to mm-hmm. see Ali Marpet exclusively go against Aaron Donald. We will see that matchup probably more often than not. So that's really one to right. watch. I think we, we've we kind of been campaigning for Ali Marpet to make the Pro Bowl. And I think, uh, guess what, with Tom Brady this and the game. Yeah, are paying attention to the Buccaneers to get him some recognition. What right. a better showcase to do that then on the defending Super Bowl champs in a 3-0 situation, keeping Brady clean and holding Aaron Donald at bay. You know yeah. Brian Baldinger and a lot of these, uh, Brandon Thorne, there's going to be a lot of guys on Monday. If Marpet does his job and does a job on Aaron Donald, he's going to get a bunch of pub from this game, and that's going to help mm-hmm. his Pro
1: Bowl push. He just has to do his part, show up, and, and be the alley Marpet that he can be. Here's the thing, though, Scott. I don't know that he's even. I don't know how much they're going to play, and this was why another reason why I took it off my top matchup. In two games this year, again, this is the weirdness of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey is that you don't know where they are on any given snap, right? And so that makes it a little bit harder too. You have to be aware of them. He's played ten. Then week one, he played ten snaps at left defensive tackle, ten snaps at right defensive tackle, twenty one at left defensive end. And 20 at right defensive end and five more as a as a stand-up outside linebacker on the right side. Yeah. So he played. Triple the quadruple the amount of snaps or double, right. sorry, the amount of snaps in total outside that he played inside in week one. And it was pretty much the same. The next week he only played seven snaps at defensive left tackle, 13 at defensive right tackle, played yep. 14 outside on the left side, 14 on the right side, then seven more standing up on the right side, more standing up on the left side, played two snaps at those tackle. He literally, I mean, you just never know where he's gonna be. They move him around right every right. snap. All five offensive linemen for Tampa Bay. Yep but almost maybe more so the tackles, given how he's been deployed this season, have to be ready.
2: I I think in looking at the personnel, because I knew you were going to bring up that point, and it's a very valid point. It's true. I mean, the numbers don't lie. But I think when you look at the Bears personnel at tackle, and you look at the Colts personnel at tackle, that's different. Then Donovan because Smith, Charles and Leno is gone. Yep, Anthony yes.
1: Costanzo was gone. So they found yeah. the good Matt, and that could very well be part right. of it. Yeah, so I,
2: I I think you're going to
1: see a pretty good deal of Aaron Donald
2: inside. Now they're still going to move him around just for matchups, right? And listen, we all like Tristan Wirfs game, but it's not perfect, right? And Donovan Smith, I I think that he's off to a very good start this season, but he's not perfect either. Gave up mm-hmm. the the sack fumble last week to Dante Fowler. Yeah, so that's probably a play Brady should have gotten rid of the ball a little sooner. But you're going to see Donald move around. But I think this game, John, he's going to be inside against Marpet and also Alex Kappa. I think you're going to see him try to get that matchup. But, you know, to Kappa's credit, Kappa did a very good job on Aaron Donald last year in Tampa in that 27-24 loss to the Rams on Monday night.
1: Yeah, I did. And he's done a good job against Grady Jarrett last few times, including last week. He did a good enough job on him. Sir Jarrett got him a couple times, but most of the battles, I thought Kappa won. And so he's played well so far to start the season after the preseason was a little bit bumpy. He's looked really good. But in those interior three, honestly, Jensen's played tremendous football. We aren't even yep. talking about that, but he's been terrific. But that penalty. Uh, I mean, gosh, that, penalty that was a... Right, but that's one plan of a lot for him. He has been a a rock in pass protection, especially. So, And even in the run game, it's a shame they're wasting some of these blocks that he has in the run game. I think he's looked much better than he did a year ago based on the two games that I've seen. So far, so those guys got to have a big game, no question about it. And you know, Brady needs to play great too, man. Like, he was terrible last time I played the Rams. I thought, yes. I, I said in the Chiefs game, I thought other guys were in the scheme were really at fault. The Saints game, he was getting destroyed, and that game was out of hand before right. it even started. Their horace the team didn't even show up yeah, but for right, that Brady game. did I, not play that well against the Rams, he just he didn't wasn't play well against accurate. Rams, yeah, yeah, yeah right. wasn't and he game. made some decisions with the football that weren't that good too and i know part of it was not knowing what they're doing and they did call too many deep shots again the rams were ready for him but yeah i still think brady just could have played way way better in that game it got out of it got away from him and you'd hardly ever see that happen to brady in a game and i think he's going to take that very seriously going into this game there's obviously matchups to watch for but the Rams defense plays almost all zone coverage <laughs> they play yes, some they matchup <laughs> stuff and it gets tricky but they like to see the quarterback and they want to make plays on the ball and they want Jalen Ramsey in position to see the quarterback and make plays on the ball so you know Brady's got to be smart but I think the fact that the Rams are trying to capitalize on mistake oriented quarterbacks and they faced two of them so far we're well, really Dalton's not mistake oriented but he's very conservative well, yeah, pretty much and they face a mistake prone <laughs> guy and, and Carson wins yep. I think that Brady's a different challenge for them too, in the way that he plays, can actually counteract some of what they hope to, to do as a defense. Right. They they also will give up the underneath passes and the short stuff. And that's what the Bucs did at the beginning of the last time they played the Rams. And now I don't know whether they're going to, they got away from it last game. They look like they're better suited to keep attacking a team that way. So that could lead to some success, but you've got to string plays together and drive right. drives against the Rams. Raheem Morris, as much success as Brady has had against them in the past, got. Raheem Morris is doing a lot of what Brandon Staley did last year. He's not mm-hmm. reinventing the wheel to his credit so far, yeah. and it's keeping the Rams defense in a pretty good spot.
2: Johnny, you're talking about smart decision makers when you're talking about Tom Brady, but that's not the only smart decision makers in the Tampa Bay area. We're talking about Amuni Financial. Those guys are some smart decision makers mm-hmm. with your money.
0: At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. uni Financial, plan ahead, stay ahead.
2: John, I am a AIMUNI Financial client. Matter of fact, I've got most of my financial investments with Amuni Financial for that reason managing your family's wealth means more to Amuni Financial than simply allocating your assets it means legacy planning brokerage and advisory services retirement accounts like I've got college savings accounts like I've got for my kids and insurance services with over 40 years of experience let Amuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead call Amuni Financial here in the Tampa Bay area at 1800 868 6864. That's 1 800 868 6864 or visit aimuni.com.
1: All right, Scott, we're getting to that time where we've got to give our predictions for this game, our early predictions for this game, and I am going to step up to the plate and ask you to go first on this one. (laughs)
2: That's that's mighty cowardly of you, John. I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) I am nothing if not a consistent
0: (laughs) coward.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, I've thought a lot about this. If I go stick with my original predictions back when I predicted 13 and and 4, getting crushed by you Buccaneer fans out there I mean John I got obliterated in that srs SPAP 5
0: what do you mean you're only taking 13 and 4 what the hell are you doing man I mean come
2: on I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm projecting the most win total ever in in a, a Buccaneer season 12 and 4 is is the high mark that was set in 2002 by your John Gruden Buccaneers I'm actually predicting one more win than that John that's 13 and 4 okay so I had the Bucks losing to the Rams in that prediction because I don't think they're good. they're going to be perfect this year. I just just don't. With COVID, with with some of the mistakes we've seen, with injuries that could that could pop up. If there's going to be a team that that's going to do it, it, it'll be the Buccaneers. But I just don't see it. Not with 17 games. That being said, John, I I got to double cross myself here. Okay, I'm not picking the Bucks to lose until they lose. Damn it, I'm just not. I can't do it. Sorry, I can't do it. I can't. So. I can't pick the Bucks to lose until they lose. Why? Because this team <laughs> wins. That's what they do. They won Super Bowls. This is now what? The 10 straight games that they've won. 10. Okay. The party doesn't stop. It continues in Hollywood. They win. They find a way to get 30 points. That's the magic number. They win 33 to 30. Sorry, Matt Gay. Not this time. It's Ryan Sucker, baby. 33 to 30. <laughs>
1: Uh, of course of course of course we're here yeah no no surprise at all i thought i could count on you Go to ahead. be the bad guy first and Go i was ahead, like john. oh okay you Go already ahead. picked the rams i know in the preseason but Hezo says pick against us john then i know for sure we will win i don't know what this means <laughs> i love it I <laughs> i've love been it. correct about bucks That's games true. In the 22 games i've covered i'm 20 and two I yeah. don't know what he's saying. This is why I feel so bad when I pick want to pick against the Bucks because I feel like I'm condemning them. Unless Hezo is suggesting that the NFC Championship game, which I picked the Packers, I was wrong about that one. And that's the last time I picked against the Bucks. So maybe there is a trend here in that when I do pick against the Bucks now, because most of the time I've picked the Bucks to win and they've won. So, in following with what he's saying, I am going to go with the Rams here. I think the Rams are playing, not because I think the Rams are better, not because I think the Rams are the best team in the NFL, not because I think the Rams will win the Super Bowl. I think the Rams right now are playing very clean football at all levels of their team. And I don't think the Bucs are there right now. I think that they're good. They're very good. I think the Rams are playing as clean a football as anybody with the penalties they've not turned the ball over very much stafford feels very comfortable in the offense right now we know mcveigh's offenses tend to start really start really hot and then toward the end of the year they do get fab gotten figured out a little you're bit. already so getting booed
2: john you're i'm getting, already booed. getting booed i
1: knew i was going to get booed yes but this is my rationale for it. it doesn't mean i'm out on the bucks or anything like that at all um you know i think that, that that right now they're playing really crisp on all in all phases and i i honestly i worry that the bucks running backs like might derail them a little bit. I'm, I'm worried about that, Scott. I really think these guys are like destined to screw this team over. Like it's actually startling to me how often we have been here with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. So I think it'll be very close. I think the Bucks will assert themselves well. Still, I'm going. I think it's going to be 26-23. I think. I think it's going to be a little low score, more low wow. scoring than okay. you do. I think. Tw- yeah. I think 26-23. The Rams are gonna win. They're gonna be the ones with the field goal at the end of the yes. game this this is the, <laughs> this
2: is the week I take the lead over John for the, the first time since I've been yeah. <laughs> and, well,
1: since since yeah, exactly. Not. Yeah,
2: not just that, but also just this this w- this week, this year. We That's got right. our, our, our pewter predictions and previews coming out on Friday, as always. But we would be remiss if we did not tell you about the wonderful show that we call Pure Game Day. That starts at 425, right at the the really kickoff. That's when the Bucks and Rams will square off. So the Pewter pregame is going to start at 330. So visit pewterreport.com. You can log in to YouTube, watch it on our Pewter Report TV channel. The great thing about Pewter pregame is pretty much as everybody on the Pewter Report staff, giving you all of the expert analysis that you need, plus the last-minute late-breaking news about injuries, COVID tests, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to set the table for this game at 3.30, so log on. Then at 4.25, the game starts. You watch the TV at home or at a sports bar, wherever you want to watch it. John and Paul Atwall are going to watch it, and they're going to be giving you their thoughts and their expert analysis and their opinions and their reactions to all of the action during the game. It's kind of like Eli and Peyton, but even better. Why? Because this is all about the Buccaneers, and these guys know the Buccaneers. Peter Report knows the Buccaneers better than anybody. So tune in to Peter Game Day and watch that. It'll really enhance your game day experience. That's what we call it Peter Game Day, John.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Horace is not impressed at all. Well, expert, really, with John? <laughs> okay, <laughs> see, Horace. Right, see, listen, this is the beauty of Peter Game Day. You're
2: going to be on <laughs> live with this game as Ryan Suckup kicks that that game-winning field goal You can be on here ripping John. (laughs) Exactly. You can be on here ripping John live as it happens. You don't have to wait till the Pewter post game podcast, which will be on about 45 minutes after the game is concluded. So stay tuned for that on Sunday night. But that's. By the the way.
0: Computer game way.
2: day, get on there and give John the business. Yes, work it absolutely.
1: Over. Do that and absolutely do that. I will welcome that. That'll be fun. The best part about this is when I ever I pick it, like when I picked against him in the NFC Championship game, it was like, all right, everybody on the show, you know, it's a good nature, kind of ribbing and everything. And then after they won, for probably weeks, even including after I picked the Bucks to win the Super Bowl, it, people were still messaging me, DMing me, or right. leaving YouTube comments saying. You're a piece of garbage because you picked against your <laughs> your team. First of all, your team. As if I'm a fan doing this podcast, and they were like, you know, they're actually like insulted that I would like not have faith in my team. You know, like that. So that was hilarious. For, and I'm sure we'll get that again if this yeah. happens. But uh seeing it that way is definitely a perspective. Let's put it that way. But exactly, still have but a wait, lot of hey, faith hey. in the Bucks and a lot of fun action to come this season, right. even beyond this. And it's. We're going to have it covered all in the on the Pew Report podcast as well. You wanted to say That's something right. about Nate Pitts' comment here.
2: Yeah, exactly. Plus a little word from Celsius. Here. Before you leave, what's the top three Celsius flavors, John? You're going to go first this time.
1: Okay, tropical vibe is in there for me right now. Okay, blueberry pomegranate is in there for me right now. Oh, wild berry is probably the other one. Although peach five is incredible too, but I will have to go wild berry for the last of my top three. Okay.
2: I'm going to go orange. That's my number one. Always will be. Let's come up with a new flavor, but you tried, you came close with tropical vibe, tropical vibes, number two, but the cool thing now is that we're getting into fall. Um, I like the, the Fuji apple pear that that's kind of a fall flavor to me. It's great. uh, Kind of fall apple harvest autumn type flavor i love it so those are my my three orange tropical vibe the new one
1: and fuji apple pear oh fuji apple pear good choice yeah, yeah. that's an underrated one too for sure so that was a very short <laughs> so Lonzo, that was a very short word from celsius that was a short it was yeah it, that's that's all Hey, hard hitting. yeah it's come right at you. Tropical mind,
0: let's go. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I love it. Celsius, great stuff. All right, Scott, we'll be back tomorrow on the podcast. Matt Matera and myself are talking more Bucks Rams to a degree, but we're also talking about – the COVID situation with the Bucs, we're going to see what happens. That's the other thing, kind of hanging over this right yeah. now, is a we haven't seen the Rams injury report. So they're notoriously kind of really quiet about their injuries, and so we haven't seen that injury well, report. They're, so they're also on the West Coast. So they're still they're on the West Coast, so we're not going to. Yeah, right. I'm not saying they'll just they'll hide them. I'm just saying we haven't yeah. heard anything since the game. <laughs> daryl Anderson right. got hurt, and we don't know what status is. So we'll find out uh, what's going on later today on, on their injury report. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll also talk about what's going on with the Bucks and COVID, and if. Antonio Brown, there's any news there, or if somebody else, that's the other thing. We don't know when's this is this thing gonna spread, what's gonna happen? We don't know. So we'll see. Talk about that tomorrow. We'll also have Hayden Winks from Underdog Fantasy in. He's gonna talk about yes, some of the fantasy plays for this week for the Bucs and the Rams game. Somebody asked, should I start Matt Stafford? We're gonna ask the professional Hayden tomorrow on the show if he what he thinks of that. Um, also gonna look at some stat charts that Hayden puts out that have some really good data in terms of the way the Bucs offense has performed this year compared to where they were where they were last year. So a lot of thoughts. If you're if you're intrigued as to whether Byron Leftwood is doing a good job or not, Hayden is gonna give us a lot of insight on that tomorrow. So that'll be tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. That'll be a really fun podcast with the three of us. And then Sunday, don't forget about the game day show, pre-game 3:30, game day 425. Hate Paul Atwell and I will to go through the game with you guys, breaking everything down. going to be a ton of fun. So excited for that, excited for a matchup between what I believe. I really believe these might be two the best two teams in the NFL right now. I'm pumped to see it go down. I hope nobody misses this game. I hope everybody can play and we get both these teams at full strength against each other because it's going to be so much fun <laughs> if we do because there's so many good matchups and coaching matchups and everything uh, that I'm very, very excited for this one. So until then, until tomorrow, 4 p.m., For Scott Reynolds and myself, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast.
0: Out. Out.